Hi, welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Alex Papas, Senior Pastor at Oceans Unite Christian Center. Well, good evening, everybody. It's great to see you here this evening in the house of the Lord, and it's, they say it's spring break. What does that mean? <laughs> spring break. Well, I'm excited to be with you tonight, and um, excited to see what the Lord is going to do. Amen. Amen. So good to see you, Mike and Joy. These are two very, very dear friends of ours, been members of this church. With COVID two years ago, Mike was snatched away from us to New York to sort out some business issues, and he's back. You think you're going home, there's no way. We're not going to let you go back. <laughs> so good to have you enjoy in the house. You've been in contact with us the whole time, and it's just wonderful to have you here. We, we, we welcome you back home. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Um, it's been, uh, can I just talk to you for a minute, and then we'll get into the word. Is that Okay. Let me see by a show of hands, how many of you here this evening don't normally come on a Sunday morning? Quickly raise your hands up for me. Okay, I'm going to get you. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. You should see how much of, how, what a difficult time I give the people on Sunday mornings. I'm very, I go very light on you guys. <clears throat> Amen. Um, you know, it's been so evident to me that the most challenging thing for us, I like to come down because it's just a little bit more personal. Is that okay? Don't worry, it's not weird that I'm not behind the pulpit, okay? I think if we got, pastors got a little bit less behind their pulpit, maybe we could be a bit more effective. Okay, all right. So anyway, all right. You know, the most challenging thing for us as believers, is to recognize when something is wrong in our hearts. The Bible calls the heart, it says that it's deceitful above everything else, desperately wicked. That's kind of awful. <laughs> and so it's very difficult sometimes for us to examine our own hearts. But in Scripture, we see clearly over and over and over again Examine yourself. Examine your heart. Examine yourself. You know, examine yourself, examine your heart. The Bible says examine yourself. The most important thing in you is your heart. God does not see as man does. does. Man always looks at the outward appearance, but God is always looking at the heart. Therefore, as believers... It's very difficult for us to see what's going on in somebody else's heart, but the one area where we can do some work is on our own hearts. So we always have to examine ourselves and examine our hearts. This has nothing to do with my sermon, but I think it's important because in this week, I feel like my heart has, it's like one of those weeks when Naomi, I said to Naomi, why is everybody so angry? And she said to me, I think you're a little bit angry. And then I said to her, but why do you take everybody else's side? 
you can all have a conversation with her after the service <laughs> because I'm always not wrong. <laughs> Just saying I'm always right doesn't sound good, so I'll say I'm always not wrong. Is that okay? The fact is, is that it's difficult sometimes when there's a little bit of pressure on you to stay in a place where your heart stays good. And sometimes when things go wrong and challenges come, our hearts really get challenged. And as a Christian, the only one that can really help us with all these things is God himself. This week I was teaching in the Bible school and I shared with the Bible school class, the third year group, that the church should be operating in the supernatural power of God outside the four church walls. If you look at the ministry of the apostles, if you look at the ministry of Jesus, the majority of miracles were done outside of the synagogue, outside of the church building. That does not mean that God doesn't move in the building. He does. And we want him to. And we need him to. Because sometimes when we come to church, we have a need. And God is so good that he'll meet that need, right? But in church, primarily, the body of Christ is being equipped to do the work of the ministry. Most people have a desire to do the work of the ministry in the church. But really, most people are called to do the work of the ministry outside the church. Because that's where the harvest is. That's where the field is. And the Bible says that the, the harvest is plentiful, but the harvesters, there's few of them. In other words, we keep on doing the same things within the church building, but where it really counts, which is out in the world, we're not doing necessarily what we're supposed to be doing. That being said, church is supposed to equip the body of Christ. So whatever goes on in the building, whatever goes on here in the house, is supposed to go on outside the four church, walls of the church as well. Amen. Now, most people believe that when we use the, the word ecclesia, which is the word church, most people say, well, that's an individual. Actually, the word ecclesia is very much like the word synagogue, which actually does speak of a gathering. Well, it's gone very quiet now. The church is actually when believers come together. The Bible even says where there's two or more, that there's more power. The Bible says that one will set a thousand to flight. So as an individual operating as the church, you will be effective. But two, 10,000. One, a thousand, two, 10,000. So there's a lot of power when the body of Christ comes together, gets equipped, and then goes out and does the work of the ministry. You'll also notice that when Jesus sent out his disciples, he never sent them out alone. The Bible tells us that he sent them out in twos, that they went out in groups. They didn't go alone. Even Jesus, the majority of the time that he operated in his ministry, he was operating with others. Yes, he was the one leading, but he was not alone most of the time. Is that okay? So there's power in groups of people, in unity, in agreement. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. They were in the upper room. We think there were 12. No, there was 120. That's a lot of people in one little room. I've been to that room. It's really small. Okay, it's smaller than this, way smaller than, it's smaller than the room at the back. 
It was a small room, if that's the accuracy they believe in Jerusalem, the room that we, they call the upper room. Most scholars believe that there's a possibility that that is the actual room. And if it isn't the actual room, it's most certainly more or less the size of the actual room. So it was a little place. And the Bible over iterates, it overemphasizes the fact that there was unity, that they were together and they were in unity, operating together to see what God wanted to do. He wanted to pour out His Spirit. Now, tonight I want to talk to you about the church. You know, the church does many things. The church, more than anything, has to do what Jesus told us to do. And when He gives us instruction, He always overemphasizes one thing. There is one thing that's more important than anything else. And the most important thing is love. Now, we can talk about the most important thing being loving God, no question, Loving our neighbor, loving our brothers and sisters, of course. And we also need to love the world, right? We have to love what the world does, but we have to love the world. Okay? So love is the most important thing. The Bible says, pursue love. In other words, with all of your heart, go after it. So the church must, we must mirror the love of God. Can you say amen? We must operate with love. That means that we must not be quick to get angry, and I never get angry. So I'm good at that one. Well, I don't get very angry. <laughs> Just a little, okay. You all think I'm bad. That's okay. I don't get as angry as you. How's that? <laughs> Tara knows, yes. <laughs> so the fact is, is that we have to love. We have to love we must not be quick to judge. You know, one of the things that I shared with you last week was the danger of busybodies. You know, we need, to be, we need to be loving. People look at the church. I think the worst thing for the church ever was social media. Because on social media, you see the church attack each other in the most horrible way constantly. And the world sits and watches us. It's awful. We have a tendency to put all our dirty laundry on, on Facebook or whatever. They put it on Zigzag or whatever, I don't know, Instacart or whatever it's called. <laughs> you know, we, we, should, we, should, we should always demonstrate his love. That's the first thing. And there's many things. But I want to talk to you tonight about the fact that the church is supposed to operate in the supernatural. The church is supposed to walk in the supernatural. It is an instruction for us to do so. And I want to talk to you tonight about why the church should be supernatural. You know, when we started this church and we planted this church, I didn't have the greatest books on how to manage your team or how to grow a church and start this program and these groups and you'll be successful and all I knew was that I had to rely completely on the power of the Holy Spirit. That if people were gonna come here, that what needed to take place is that lives would be changed. What needed to take place is that people would be delivered. I remember, you know, I remember when, when I started my ministry, when I was younger, I remember praying for people and having this expectation of supernatural change. So in other words, I would pray for someone and I would be expecting that after that prayer was prayed, that person would never be the same again. 
that that prayer had so much power that that person's life would be transformed in an instant. And God does it. When someone surrenders themselves to God, when someone surrenders their heart to God, the supernatural power and love of God is so amazing and so wonderful. If the church does not walk in supernatural power and we focus on all the other stuff, I'm not saying the other stuff is wrong, I'm saying focus on the other stuff. We are missing the mandate. And I'm gonna show it to you tonight. Let's look at a couple of things. Is that okay? So tonight we're going to talk about why the church needs to walk in the supernatural. You see, the difference between Jesus and the religious system is that Jesus walked in the supernatural. It's not that the religious system didn't know the word. They knew the word, but Jesus walked in the supernatural. You see, where Jesus went, people were being healed. People were being delivered. People's lives were being transformed and changed. If someone says to me, well, what church should I go to? I'll say to you, the church where God is moving. That's the church you go to. Go to a place where God's spirit is being manifest. You see, the son of man came and manifested himself so that people could be changed and delivered. The son of God came and manifested himself in the flesh so that God could be on the earth to change people. Well, you know, Jesus didn't really come for that. Well, actually, go read your Bible. Because every time that Jesus ministered, in the book of Matthew, you'll see that when he ministered, after he ministered, he did signs and wonders. Or before he ministered, he did signs and wonders. Jesus walked in the supernatural, and that's what made him completely different to any other form of religious beliefs. Religion is a set of beliefs, not that the one we have is wrong, it's good. We should have those beliefs. Without them, we can never de determine the difference between true and false. The truth is simply God's word. But without the spirit, the word is dead. But with the spirit, there's life. The word comes alive. That's why when Jesus came, he was the word manifest in the flesh. And when he spoke, you know, the Bible talks about a sword coming out of his mouth. When he speaks, he speaks with a two-edged sword. That sword is rhema word. In other words, every word that proceeds from the mouth of Jesus gives life and deliverance and is powerful and is living and is life-changing and transforming. Jesus wouldn't have been Jesus if he did not operate in the supernatural. So why is it so important? You see, one of the things we must understand is that as human beings, there is a lot that we cannot do. There is a lot that we cannot achieve. There is a lot that, that, that we simply just don't have the strength, energy, or power to see happen in our lives. But one of the reasons why we need the supernatural is because the supernatural power of God, when it manifests, nothing is impossible. That's why the supernatural is important in church because we just, we, 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 the world today is so good at giving us facts. Well, the fact is this and the fact is that. But with God, we don't just have facts, we have the supernatural. And with the supernatural, with the power of God, nothing is impossible. The Bible says in Luke 1 verse 37, for with God, 
nothing will be impossible. So in other words, when you have a crisis, when you have a problem, and you don't know the solution, I've got good news for you, that there is power in the name of Jesus, that the supernatural power of God, nothing is impossible. God can do a miracle. God can give you a breakthrough. At the very least, God will give you supernatural peace. What are you talking about? A peace that surpasses understanding, a peace that isn't normally there, no matter what you're going through. This last week, we had a crisis, and I remember when we planted the church, our crisis like this would have made me not sleep and all that kind of thing, but I, th this week I didn't worry about it because I know God's in control and it was all sorted out, amen, and that person died and went to hell. No, it's not the case. You guys are so funny. <laughs> yes. It wasn't anything major, relax, and it had nothing to do with an individual, but we also have problems sometimes. Believe it or not, pastors have problems too. <laughs> this actually wasn't my problem it was something else but anyway I would normally have worried about it this time I didn't you see with us man has limits but with God there are no limits Matthew 19 26 says this but Jesus looked at them and said to them with men this is impossible but with God all things are possible you see, that's why the church has to be separate from everything else. Because in the church, people need to know that they serve the God of the impossible. And in church, God can come through at any moment, at any time, and do something supernatural. He can break the bonds of the enemy. He can touch your child. He can restore someone that's sick. He can do anything at any time. Nothing is impossible for him. Nothing is impossible for him. The truth is, is, is in life, we think that today's science has all the problems, uh, has all the solutions to the problems. But the Bible tells us this, Jeremiah 32 verse seven. Our Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm, there is nothing too hard for you. Listen, we can look and try and answer our solutions and problems with the things of this world, with the answers of this world, with textbooks from this world, but the truth is the one who created the heavens and the earth, did you hear what I said? He created the heavens and the earth and nothing is impossible for him. The church must be supernatural because people must always believe that our God is supernatural and nothing is impossible for Him, that He can come through at any moment, at any time, and do something unbelievable. Oh, unbelievable. Sometimes we forget all the times God has done something outrageous, unbelievable. In our church in the last few months, we have seen God do the most incredible miracles and most of you don't even know about it because they didn't happen inside the building. People were dead and they came back to life, stuff like that, you know what I mean? Pretty supernatural. But you have to believe and it must be what we expect. But if you can't even believe it, because it doesn't exist in our belief system. What separates us from any other religion?
Well, you see, with our, with our religion, with our beliefs, with God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Oh, I'm gonna shout just now. Just now means in just a little while. Is that okay? My staff all know it. They all say it now. Just now. Just now. We need to be supernatural because in order to overcome the enemy, the supernatural is required. You see, before Jesus came on the earth, there was no such thing as deliverance. There was no such thing as casting out of demons. But once Jesus was manifest on the earth, the kingdom had come. His power had been released. And everywhere that Jesus went, demons and the demonic and spiritual forces were broken and destroyed. Can you say amen? You see, you must understand whether you like to believe it or not matters not. The truth is, is that your struggle, your battle is not against flesh and blood. But the battle that you're in, in Ephesians 6 verse number 12, it says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and against rulers of the darkness of the sage, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The reality is, is that there are spiritual forces and those spiritual forces must be destroyed. Those spiritual forces must be challenged. When Jesus came on the scene, He took on those forces. When He walked in a room, He took on those forces. Jesus, what have we to do with you? That's what they would say when He would walk in the room. The church is supposed to be supernatural. When someone comes bound by demonic forces, when someone comes bound by all kinds of sickness and, and all kinds of oppression and depression, and I'm not saying every form of depression is a demonic spirit, but most certainly it's oppressive in some way. And so the, the power of God is there to set people free from those things. One John three verse number eight says this. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of Man was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. That he might destroy the works of the devil. The word works there is basically telling us that he might destroy the works, what the devil is doing on the earth. You see, without Jesus, when we do things, he has power over us, the enemy. When we do things, he can influence. Can you say amen? But in Christ, we have power over the enemy. We have been given power over the enemy. And if you don't believe it, let me tell you something that's really, really concerning. Because that's the problem the church must understand. Jesus said, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power, over all the power of the enemy, over all the power of the enemy. Not a little bit of power, not some power over there, over all the power, over all the power. Jesus came to give us power over the enemy to give us authority over the enemy. And did you know, take a seat. Did you know, thank you guys so much. My wife always says, don't be mean. I'm not being mean, I just, I just wanna keep going. Is that okay? <laughs> over all the power of the enemy, 
Did you know that that mandate was given before the cross? So Jesus executed authority and gave it to his disciples before the cross. How much more us who have the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of us that have the manifest presence and power of God present with us everywhere we go. How is it that the church is not operating in the supernatural power of God when someone comes bound, when someone comes with oppression, when someone comes with fear, when someone comes and the enemy's having its way in their life, the power of God is present to set them free. The supernatural power of God must be present in the church. It must operate in the church for the church to be operating the way that it is supposed to. Amen. If you don't say amen, you better say, oh my. (laughs) You see, demonic power cannot be challenged with facts but can only be taken on with power and authority. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm not saying that it's the believer that has the power. I'm saying it's the believer who's been empowered by Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So it's him that's doing it. But let's go to Ephesians 3 verse 14. Watch this. Ephesians 3 verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, watch this now, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth of, and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. The most important thing, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able, come on, say He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. It's His power that is manifest in us and through us to do what is far beyond what anything can comprehend, what any man can do in their own strength. It's not gonna be a teaching. It's not gonna be a doctrine. It's gonna be the power of God manifest in and through our lives that will bring people to change. We need His power. We need the supernatural in the church. Thank you for your overwhelming encouragement. You see, it's not the old man that can save us. It's the new man that can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. It's the inner man 
the new man, the one that God has called you to be, the one that God has anointed, the one that God has separated, the one that God has made holy, that can do all things. Come on, somebody say all things. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Come on, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Listen, it's not gonna come because of a sermon. It's not gonna become of nice music. It's not gonna become of bright lights. It's gonna become because of His power. And it's gonna come because of His love. When His love and His power is manifest, demons flee, demonic forces are broken, oppressions have to go. Come on, somebody give the Lord a clap and a shout in this place. Amen. Amen. Now, how many of you know that God also, through His supernatural power, wants to supply all of our needs? You see, the fact is, as believers, we have needs. Philippians 4.19 says this, And my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You can decide how you want to live. Do you want to live by the natural? Do you want to live by the world standards? Do you want to rely on a boss? Do you want to rely on all the stuff of the world? Or do you put your faith in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and believe that the God that you serve can and will supply all of your needs, everything you need according to His riches and glory for His name's sake so that He can go through your life to the ends of the earth to do the impossible, what no man could expect because nothing is impossible without God. Nothing is impossible. If the power of God isn't present, if the supernatural isn't present, you will have a natural blessing. But I don't want a natural blessing, I want a heavenly blessing. I want a blessing that comes from the King of glory. Amen. You see, God's power is bigger than any crisis you could ever have. He is almighty God. He is all sufficient God. He is all in all. He is everything we could need. When you need a miracle, He is the supernatural breakthrough that can bring the miracle. When we need some provision, He's our provider. How many of you know He is our deliverer? God is supernatural and can supply any need that you have. If you have a crisis or a problem and you don't come expecting God because of His supernatural ability of who He simply is, who is He? He's, he's, he's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who created all things. How did He do it? He spoke. Oh my God, He spoke and it happened. He spoke and it happened. He said, let there be light. He said, let the firmament. He spoke and He began to create things. He spoke you into existence. His power is still manifest through our lives. That's why you have to speak the right thing. Well, what does it matter what you speak? Well, if His Spirit lives inside me and I'm speaking on behalf of what He says in His Word, it must come to pass. Well, why? Because he said so. But the problem is we don't believe it. We don't expect it. We don't anticipate it. Because the church has lost its supernatural and become 
natural. And if the church is natural, you will have natural results. But if the church is supernatural, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Amen. Our God is supernatural. He is supernatural. When the church trusts in the supernatural power of God, nothing can, nothing can stop us from seeing his promises fulfilled in the lives of individuals. The truth is you can't counsel someone to their healing, but God's power can touch them in an instant. You can't counsel someone to breakthrough, but God's power can touch them in an instant. I'm not saying there's no room for counseling. There is, but I'm saying that there is nothing like his power. See, intellect is one thing, but, but the power of God, the supernatural, bypasses the mind and goes right into the innermost parts of your being to bring transformation, change, and deliverance. Because that's what he does. He's a miracle walker, worker, and he's a restorer. We need the supernatural power of God to be a witness. Oh, and this is important. Take a look at what the Bible says in Acts 1 verse number 8. You shall receive power. Everybody say power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And once that has happened, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, in order for us to be a witness, we must first receive power. Because if we don't receive power and operate in power as the church, we can never be a true witness. Our witness will not show who he truly is, a supernatural God, a God of the impossible, a God that can deliver you in an instant, a God that can touch you right now. We can say a prayer of agreement right now and God can send someone to your child and speak a word to them that can change their heart in just a second. He said to his disciples, you must wait, tarry in Jerusalem until you have been endued with power. Before you go out, before you go and witness, first wait for what? To be empowered for the Holy Spirit so that you can receive power to do what? To be a witness. Well, let's go to Mark 16, verse number 15. Well, you know, that doesn't mean miracles and all that stuff. Okay. Mark 16, verse 15. An account of the same incident. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You recognize the text, right? He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And this is how you will see that these are true believers. Because he says in verse 17, and these signs will, everybody say will. Say it again. Say it again. These signs will. Follow those who believe. That's the, these are signs of a believer. This is the sign of those that will go into the world and preach the gospel. The church is supposed to be a church that operates in the supernatural power of God. We are called to be a witness of resurrection power. Our God is not in the grave. He rose again in power and in might. 
signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He's speaking about a church that is coming. He is speaking, back then, back then, he's speaking about the church that is coming. He's speaking about the disciples that will go out and raise up other disciples. If you read the scriptures, you will find out that they would raise up disciples. In fact, in the book of Acts, the disciples said, listen, things are getting a little bit hectic. We need to appoint some deacons. We need to appoint some people to take care of the needs of the ladies, to wait the tables so that we can go give ourselves to prayer and fasting. That's me. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to this. <laughs> you guys are so funny. All right. That's what I would love to do, but you all keep me busy all week. Amen. So it's your fault. Okay, let's carry on. What I'm trying to tell you is that you hear the story about these individuals, and the Bible gives us their names and tells us these were the guys that waited tables. And then you find out that these guys that waited tables changed the world. Why? Because these signs will follow those who believe. They made a decision to serve. They made a decision to get involved. They made a decision to get connected. And once they were connected to where the power of God was being manifest, these were not the original 12. These guys went out. One of them was the first martyr. The next one went to Samaria and turned Samaria inside out and upside down. And the Bible says that demons were manifesting. People were getting healed. People were being delivered. People were getting saved. Come on, somebody. These signs will follow those who believe. Who's the believers? The church. The church are the believers. You are called to walk in supernatural power. Oh, you're not me, Pastor Alec. You know, I'm a little bit too old now, you know. Well, what about Caleb? When Caleb was 85 years old, he went to his leader, Joshua, and he said to him, the Lord made me a promise, and I'm just as fit as I was when I was younger, and I wanna see that promise fulfilled because I believe. Because I believe we are called to walk in the supernatural. There is supposed to be nothing normal about this place. Nothing normal. Oh, I get all of you that sit in the back. I'm coming for you. <laughs> and if you leave now, I'll run after you in the parking lot. I'm just kidding. Just relax, guys. These signs will follow those who believe. Right after the mandate in verse 15 and 16, this describes the church. But yet, we don't want to be in the church where the supernatural is happening. I'm all for making the church a, a, a place that we do all kinds of things. But you take the supernatural out of the church, I don't even know if we're the church anymore. 
we're just another place with a set of beliefs. Thank the Lord we have the truth, but if we don't have this part, we don't have the whole truth. Because our God is a God of power. Paul said, I do not want you to put your faith in human wisdom, words of human wisdom. He said, but in the power of God. In the power of God. The truth is, is that the supernatural proves God's existence. Did you know that throughout Scripture, God would show himself in a supernatural way. If you look at the story of Moses, Moses didn't go to Pharaoh and say, hey, let my people go. I serve the God that used to do miracles. You know, the God that created the earth, that's the one I serve. He was really powerful back then. No, he went to Pharaoh and he said, let me show you. And every God of the Egyptians, God's power overwhelmed, overtook and overshadowed everything that they could do by his supernatural hand. We see in the Bible story after story of how God would supply in supernatural ways. Will God take care of me? He took care of the, of the, of the children of Israel in the wilderness with manna from heaven. He fed them water from a rock. When, he, when Elijah was challenged, God answered with fire from heaven. There is nothing normal about our God. And I'm so grateful that I serve the living God. The same God that on the day of creation was moving the heavens and the earth and shaping everything. That same God is operating now in our lives. But the problem is the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please Him. So how can we even begin to move in the direction of the supernatural if we don't even believe it's for us today? Well, you know, the church stopped working in the supernatural a long time ago. Listen, I don't know where you are. Yesterday, I saw him move in the supernatural. And let me tell you something. He's gonna move tonight in the supernatural as well. He's gonna touch lives tonight by his supernatural hand. Why? Because he's the God who was and is and is to come. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. He never will change. He will always be as awesome as he was when he created the earth. He is still awesome now. And he will be awesome tomorrow as well. Well, you know, Pastor Alex, you know, I'm just, I just don't have the strength. I just don't have power. I just, you know, I'm just little old me. Well, I'm so glad that you know that you're right. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 12, verse number nine, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Listen, it's not about you. It's about him. You don't have to do anything to defend his reputation. All you have to do is believe and then pursue him with your whole heart. With your whole heart. Because the ones who knock, the door opens. The ones who seek him, 
they find him. It has to be something that you desire. You can't find what you're not looking for. But if you're looking for him, if you're seeking him, he will reveal himself to you. The Bible says, go into your room, into the secret place, close the door. And when you're in that place, cry out to him. In that place, in the secret place where you begin to seek after him, God's power will be revealed to you in private before it gets revealed through you in public. I don't, know, I don't need to have the answer to everything on this planet. I don't need to know all things, but I desperately need to know all of him. That's my heart's desire. That's my heart's cry. There is no way that the church today should operate outside of the supernatural. It's almost illegal because it doesn't represent God. It's not a witness of who he is because he is the God of power. When we planted the church, God said to me that, when, when I said to the Lord, what, what, what do you want us to do, Lord? What is our mandate? What, who are we? And, and God gave me the vision for the church, which was to bring the fire of God by teaching and demonstrating, teaching and demonstrating His love and His power. Because when you teach and demonstrate His love and power, brother, you will get set ablaze. You will get set on fire. So you'll come here and you'll have two choices sitting in your chair there this evening. You can either run from it or run to it. But let me tell you something, the day you choose to run into the arms of the almighty, powerful God, you will never be the same again. That day, if you choose to not look back anymore, not look back at past life, not look back at past mistakes, not look back at past failures, not look back anymore, don't question everything. Rather, just run to Him with all of your heart, with all of your might, with all of your strength, with everything inside you, and say, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Will you use me? Will you use me like you used those throughout Scripture? Will you use me? The answer is yes, if you will pursue Him if you will pursue him. Amen. Yeah, amen. Oh, I need to behave. Amen. I don't know about you, but when I go to church or when I go and pray for someone, I want to expect a supernatural. When I start to worship, I want to expect the presence of God to manifest itself in this place. Because when we worship Him, He responds to our worship. When we lift up holy hands and lift up our voices from our heart, He hears our worship, He hears our prayer, and it's like an aroma that comes up before Him and He responds to it. He responds to it, why? Because He knows every hair on your head, He knows everything about you. He wants to encounter you, He wants to touch you, He wants to fill you, He wants to strengthen you, He wants to make you whole, why? So that He can raise you up and use you to be everything He's called you to be. It doesn't matter what anybody says about you or said about you or has to say about you. Listen, the only thing that matters is what God says about you. 
But will you run to him or not? That's the question. Will you choose to truly run to him or not? There's such a fine line between the natural and the supernatural. But if you really want God to touch you, to transform you, you have to surrender. You have to say, Lord, I believe that you are still a miracle worker, that your love is still for me. Listen, you are not as bad as you think. Well, God can't use me. Well, then he definitely can't use me. But he still does, despite me. And I'm sometimes so disappointed in myself for saying something I shouldn't, for acting some way that I shouldn't. I'm disappointed in myself. But I go to him always. And I say, Lord, Will you have your way in my life? Lord, if I've offended you, if I've hurt you, forgive me. And he will. He does. If you're sincere and you really desire him, he will forgive you. He will cleanse you. And then he will use you. I, can't, I don't understand why so many Christians don't want to experience God's power in their life. It was the day I encountered God's power for the first time that I could never be the same again. I'd sat through many church services, been to many Bible studies, but the day I encountered His presence, His power for the first time, I could never be the same again. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more teaching like this and other material, please visit our website at www.oceansunite.com.